Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As you guessed, I am your host, Tyler. I am your slightly drunker co-host, too. Uh, RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. Scream into the void. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. This episode is brought to you by cats. Not the movie, just the cuddly animals in your house. Cats are weird, man. Yeah, they don't actually pay me. They're just here. Yeah, no, cats Cats are just weird sometimes. They do some weird shit. I have two. They're both in the room. Uh, the, then they can see shit, which weirds me out. Uh, we have... Our one is pretty well trained to hunt down flies. Nice. Uh, like she, she knows it's her job to hunt them and eat them. Nice respect. Uh, the problem is when she gets excited and hunts down flies, our dog thinks, "Oh fuck, I'm involved," and just goes running around the house chasing the cat, chasing the fly. Sounds accurate. Yes. So this episode is brought to you by cats. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. Except one day, maybe. One day. Yeah, I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried about it. Oh, you know, I uh, I got a belated birthday gift. I have a silicone set to make my own dice. Oh, girl. Yeah, I got resin. I got some colors. I'm going to make my own dice soon. Do you like your birthday? Like, do you like people celebrating your birthday? No, my birthday is for me. Yeah. I do. I, I explicitly do as little as humanly possible. I, I do whatever I want. I eat whatever I want. I play video games by myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. Because, like, I was going to send you a message. I'm like, he doesn't want me to send him a message. I don't. I don't want anybody to. Because I, I don't want. Then I have to text you back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want people to call me. I don't want a bunch of Instagram birthday wishes. Because then I have to, like, thanks for the birthday wish. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like, just fucking leave me alone. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> the greatest I'm, gift you can give me is leaving me the fuck alone. I'm not to that. That that's not the level I'm on. My thing with birthdays is I want people to only wish me a happy birthday. I want I want genuine happy birthdays if you actually remember it's my birthday. I got to get off Facebook. I I take my birthday off of Facebook the month of my birthday. That yes. way nobody gets a reminder for it. Right. You just and get then the, I, the real the real reels. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially the first like five people that say happy birthday, I'm like, those are the people that I actually remembered. Your birthday is in just under two months, right? Uh, yeah, sounds accurate. Yep, that's exciting. Oh, we're not gonna have a party to go to. Honestly. Oh, you know what? There's totally gonna be a fucking party. There might be. I don't I'm know. I'm not going. Oh, there'll uh, be a lot of math though. I have yeah, I exactly that's why I thought there might be, because you know. Everyone's gonna be wearing a mask anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so birthdays we'll around Halloween is what we're yeah. getting at here. Yeah. Um no, I uh back in the day, I don't know. I've shared this story with you, I think, but not the listeners. When I was a teenager, I think 15 or 16, my parents moved to a new house. They they, they you know, in the early 2000s, they got a really big house, then the economy crashed. Like, we gotta move. So we moved to a not a small house, but a much smaller house. Um and it was in horrible disrepair on the inside. So messy, so fucking gross. Everything was ass backwards. My mom tells the story about how when they, we moved in, she cried because like she was on her hands and he's just scrubbing the floor because it was so fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, and they spent, you know, the next six years or whatever making the house fucking beautiful on the inside. Then they sold it and moved because they're stupid. Um, but the very first like weekend they're in there, um, when we move in, my mother is in the crawl space of the base in the basement. It's a basement. Then it has a crawl space. Mm-hmm. And she, I forget why, but she's like cleaning out in between the studs where there's some insulation. And there's this 
this like giant splinter of wood she cuts herself on. She's like bleeding all over the place, but she realizes there's like a space behind the insulation. Uh-oh. And there's a books. There's a the uh, there's I forget what the one book was, but there was the Satanic Bible. Yes. Behind the installation of the yes. Wall. I actually remember this story. Yes. Yeah. I, can't, I forget what the other one was. The other one was some, some other devil related book. And we're all like, well, that is so fucking weird and dark and amazing. That is wonderful. And so we kept the book for a while just to like, just as a prop when we tell telling the story, like this was in the basement of our house. Um, and when I, re- I, I flipped through it, cause you know, I was a teenager. Uh, and there was a section on birthdays in a satanic Bible. Mm-hmm. And the, the birthday is the high holy day because it's, it's yours. It's about you. It's your autonomous holiday that no one can like take away from you. As right? me and the crew call it, it's our special fucking day. It's a special fucking day. So I, I always think about that one as my birthday because I'm like, this is for me. I don't want to, I don't like, I, you know, my wife asked me like, do you want to do anything? I'm like, no, I barely want you to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> just, and I think about my mom finding the satanic Bible and me reading it and like, oh yeah, that's how I feel about mm-hmm. my birthday. You know? So on a D&D related term, Oh, this is a Dungeons briefly, and Dragons podcast. Have you ever had a character have a birthday in game? Um, I think about I this not. sometimes. I have not. No, because the calendar loses significance usually. Yeah, because most campaigns take place over what three months, weeks. four months, yeah. a couple weeks maybe. You know, depending on how long your campaign is, but it's not a very short period of time. If you have like a a downtime, like okay, guys, you're gonna have downtime for four months, right up to what you're gonna tell me to do. Then you might like, oh, my birthday happened. Mm-hmm. My cake day, my name day, whatever you want to call it in your yeah. world. You yeah. know, I uh, I turned six because mm-hmm. I'm a goblin. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I turned 120 because I'm a kobold. I turned 680 because I'm an elf. There you go. You know, we, I lost track of years a long time ago. Yeah, I had a birthday. I lost track of my age the same time I lost track of the number of uh, people I slept with. But I'm a warforged, so I've just been. <laughs> I got made. I came to consciousness on this day. Yeah. approximately 2,000 years ago. What's the spell Awaken, where you take a non-intelligent thing and you make it intelligent? Yeah, Awaken object or animate object or something. Uh, yeah. Well, there's one you can do to animals to make them intelligent. It's like, Maybe. Yeah. What if you did that? Like, oh, I'm an intelligent dog, and I'm also a character. And think, I don't know what my birthday was, but I know what date I was awoken. Yep. You know? That's the day yep, I celebrate my birthday. The day. That's the day. No, those kind of fun little things don't often happen for people's backstories, because we don't. there's no calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could just honestly, you could pick a random fucking day. Like next time we play, mm-hmm. um, on you know, on whatever Thursday, th- I could do a long rest. I tell you guys, it's dawn, it's chilly. You wake up, you know, covered in the dew, and somebody mm-hmm. wakes up and goes, "Hey guys, today's my birthday." Yep, and it would be great. It would be. No one, no one would be like, "Oh, really? Holy shit!" You know, like earnestly. There's no fucking calendar. There's no anything. We could just do it. We could just have a whole, a cute little thing of trying to find a cake. <laughs> getting magical fire like dancing fairy lights over the cake the whole thing like how old are you i'm oh, 75 today what you know? a waste of a day that'd be so much fun wouldn't that be fucking great yeah that's my pro tip from everybody here next time you do a long rest in your character just wake up and say guys today's my birthday see and it's those kind of silly things and fun things that happen outside of the normal hack and slash that i think makes D special i agree but no one takes advantage of those yeah, like everything is either you're in a dungeon or you're in a mountain or you're in a field and you're, you're fighting tavern. something. Yeah, and if it's downtime, you are in a tavern drinking, finding out your next mission. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a, 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 
a much wider variety of what we were calling in our notes for this episode downtime activities. Yeah. Um, and that people don't really take advantage of them. No. Uh, and that's not to say any one DM or player is at fault. It's just kind of hard. Very much so. And I think that there's a just general stigma that it could be boring if you're not actively engaging in some sort of if you're not rolling dice, the game is boring. There's that stigma around Dungeons and Dragons where, yes, it's an RPG, but I want it to be more G than RP. Yes. Um, well, it is a G, right? Yeah. And uh, it, there's this there's this kind of argument of, well, why would I do the banal activities when I can do those in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there that, that that's true for some things. Like, well, why am I going to go through the getting my shoes fixed episode of D and D, right? But I could very I could have a great time doing the fishing episode oh, of yeah. the campaign. Like, go okay, guys. You know what? I'm out of rations. Tell you what, meet me in four hours. I'm going to go down to the creek with my basket and my net and my stick, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get some fish to smoke some fish for our rations or whatever. Yep. Perfect. And it's it's not just a fishing thing. Like, yeah, sure, you're like, okay, you're going to roll nature. You're going to roll animal handling. But then that's an opportunity for something else to happen, mm-hmm. right? You see a fey creature in the woods. You yeah. you meet another fisherman who you talk, and he has clues about the, the mission, whatever it is. All those downtime activities are simply more plot hooks. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them is an opportunity yeah. to be a plot hook. Yeah, and it's just a, a, a time... For you to not really be in like what's the what's the right in like game mode almost like like you're not in that war face kind of I gotta kill everything in front of me. I get to let loose, you know. I, right. I you know, let's I'm gonna play some music, I'm gonna go talk to these people, they'll have nothing to say, but you know what? Maybe they'll tell me a fun story. Right. Um yeah, I saw again, I saw this on Twitter. Somebody made the comparison of instead of having random encounters when you're going through the woods, have random discoveries, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what this could be: yeah. is it's every downtime has a chance of being a random discovery. Um, I'm going to bring up my quintessential thing that I bring up in the Wheel of Time, when certain ca- one character is a blacksmith, and he, you know, he kind of gives it up to go on an adventure, and then he goes into another town, and he just goes up to the blacksmith, and he's like, "Do you need help today? I really need to get my mind out of murder." into something else. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. Grab that and go to work. And it's like this meditative moment for his character to just not be hitting people in the face with an ax or a hammer. Right. So like go back to being who he was. And it's a cool little plot moment. Uh, but it leads to like more stuff later down the line. It doesn't have nothing. Nothing happens in the moment, but it leads to other things later, which could be any of these activities. It doesn't matter if it's cooking or crafting or fishing mm-hmm. or hunting or writing a song or reading a book. They could be something then, or they could set you up for something really, really cool later. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just thought of this. Like, what if you're, you know, a druid and you're just walking with your party through the woods and you look down and you spot a plant that isn't native to the area. It shouldn't be here. Damn. You found a cactus in the middle of a evergreen forest. Some you know? weird invasive species. Like, hey, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Like, oh, oh shit. Where'd you come or from? Or even better, an animal that doesn't belong there. Yeah. Oh, th- right. there's a there's a penguin in the desert. That's a uh, that's a little weird. <laughs> how'd you get how'd you get here, buddy? Let me no, can't speak with animals. Speak with animals. I'm sure there's a great fucking story to happen here. Right, exactly. Uh, who's that? Who's that comedian? Um, 
Oh, I think it might have been honestly. I like Dimitri Martin. Hey, I don't. I don't think you do. I'm mm. pretty sure. Um, but he tells us he has this one bit about mm-hmm. how he and his wife went out to a restaurant, and um, they they sit down, they order, and they get one of them gets toast with their breakfast, and um, the guy brings out the toast, and it's like not toasted enough, and he's like, "Okay, can you can you can you toast this some more?" And the guy picks it up with his fingers, like mm-hmm. pinches it, and walks away with the toast. Yep. And, and carries it back more toasted just like that and they're like thanks and they just start laughing and like the manager comes over he's like why um, is everything okay you know like yeah the, he you know that guy and he's like did he just pick up the toast with his fingers <laughs> and they're like yeah and the guy goes away yelling like again with the toast like is the story there to how many times he's done this so the penguin in the desert you gotta be like fuck something great happened here i'm casting speak with animals what happened little buddy how'd you get here yeah Bruh, you wouldn't believe me so no shit there i was in some <laughs> sort of refrigerated tank getting transported across the country my group was beset by a fucking dragon it took everyone and just dropped i fell out of the wrecked cage and i'm kind of just looking for my way home record scratch you might be wondering how i got here yeah right so what are some other downtime activities? We've listed some really basic categories like fishing or crafting or um, cooking, right? Mm-hmm. What else could we be doing? So I don't really talk about it in game, but my character actually spends a very large portion of his downtime writing. Writing the book. He, he's writing, he's the book writing a book. Yeah. Um, and that takes up a very large portion because writing shit by hand is not a quick process. The only, down, the only downside with that, with something so internal... It's yeah. just hard to include others in that. Yes, right? agreed. Um, so it's like, well, how could I make the book writing more interesting? And that's easy, right? You interview your party members. Like, hey, what mm-hmm. were you thinking when we just fought that zombie giant that wasn't fully that's formed good idea. yet? That's good right? idea. And they go, fucking man, it was crazy when he started scratching himself and, and that dog died and like, you know, all the all the things. That, and you that's can include good every- inter-party play. Right, exactly. You can involve other people in it. So like your character could easily have their own little quirk, right? That they're engaged in and they're doing in their downtime, whatever that is. You know, my um Maled Burrodane mm-hmm. cooked. Yeah. And we had I had plenty of cooking episodes. I went to the the cook in the bar and the cook on the ship and made re- meals and was keeping track of the ones that worked, right? Um and uh made some really bad bad decisions. Uh what was the one? It was horse tartar. I made a tartar of some kind, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like frog person tartar or something? I think it was. I, I think... know you made frog person brains. Oh, yes. It was uh... Kuatoa brains. Yes, I made a brain stew meal. Oh, or, or those Sohagwin. I think they were Sohagwin. Yeah, and uh, that one didn't turn out so great. No, it did not. No one ate that one. <laughs> but like those those are really fun little moments for, for my character and the DM and a couple of people who like ate the food, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just uh, start walking up to people um, and doing the uh, opening to uh, uh, physical, the Nice Nails version. Yeah. Yeah. I, for the audience. Oh, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's, it's essentially like a psychiatrist interviewing a person. Uh, oh, no, it's not. It's not physical. It's uh, get down, make love. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, he's, he's very, very passionate. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Now, tell me now. All of it. Now, tell me. Yes. Yeah. Get down. Make love. That's a queen mm-hmm. cover, right? It is. It is. Um, But 
I think the important part, we have a couple minutes left for this segment. The important part for downtime activities is again, it's, it's not just in your head, like you get to involve other people in it. Um, but also that it has an opportunity to just expand. So the, the they list downtime activities in the player's handbook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can always look at those. And one of those is training. Like that there's, there is, there's rules for training to level. I am so uh, glad you brought this up. And that, I think that's something that people, an opportunity people miss for multi-classing, especially. So, and I think the reason that it's so rarely gets brought up is for the exact reason that we'd mentioned a little bit ago. Campaigns don't last that long. They don't. Skill training takes a very long time of dedicated activity with a teacher. It really, really does. So essentially what you need is somebody in your party that is already a master of that thing to be the one teaching you so that it can happen even when you're not just in a town with that person that you're supposed to be learning from. Yeah, so that makes them more of a flavor downtime activity we're like well i'm a monk i'm gonna in this town is there some sort of monastery i can go to or like a boxing place i can go train Mm -hmm. and you just get to have a cool rp sparring moment with some sensei somewhere right you don't actually learn anything maybe you learn you know about yourself in the process um but i did see something on twitter again today it was like i just reminded everybody in our party we've only known each other for about a week (laughs) yep yep (laughs) in in game you know the campaign isn't that long. You don't know each other that long. So where do you fit these things in? And I say you fit them in wherever you can. That's why I like the idea of starting a game with people already knowing each other, the party already knowing each other, and having some sort of collective backstory. Because I feel like that really makes it more of a party and less of we're just people that happen to be on this thing together. Yes, uh, there is there is a, a downside or an upside to being uh kind of related quote unquote right um but there is also an upside to partying partying with mm-hmm. strangers because mm-hmm. then you get to build that shared narrative um in game right where it's like hey you know i know him and you know him but we don't know each other so there is nothing fucking worse than the forced mistrust in a party that just meets yes uh yes it's it's really quite frustrating oh my god i hate it yeah, there's, there's no reason to do that. I hate you know? it so much. Unless your character is legitimately trying to achieve something by being deceitful, there's really no reason to do that. Yeah. You know, like our our party rogue could easily, there's a couple of things he's learned that, you know, he could easily kept himself for a variety of reasons and he chooses not to, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that he does that. But I, I would agree. The downtime activity thing, though, um, for our last minute here, uh, for for DMs, it should be an opportunity to introduce plot hooks, right? Yes. And for players, it should be an opportunity for your character to learn something. To develop. Yes. Like, that's the name of the game. To be more than just pen, paper, and dice. Right. Exactly. Um, or, you know, don't. Yeah. Or just, you know, hit things and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Hey, oh! This segment brought to you by milkshakes. My wife's Ooh. coming home right now. She's bringing me one. Oh man, I want a milkshake. Where are you guys getting milkshakes from? 
like a lo- local place yeah okay local place okay yeah um yeah i could definitely go for go for a milkshake cookies and cream even, milkshake even like if it's a fucking dairy queen milkshake i could go for a milkshake right now my i don't know if you know this um you know 50 years ago my father's family owned the dairy queen in the town that your family lives in your parents oh snap the one the one on the road yeah i know i know the one i know the one across from the place yes they owned it yeah and uh my father's oldest brother like stole a bunch of money from them and and my grandma kind of ran it shittily and they had to you know not own it (laughs) until the age of about 16 the only thing that i actually ever asked for on my birthday every year was an ice cream cake from dairy queen because i loved those fucking things hate ice cream cake loved those get ice cream or get cake like what the fuck are you doing you can eat all the dicks right now i don't you know care. what you know what though honestly for a long time in like the late 90s dq hot food pretty good the fries, the fries i still say the fries good. were wonderful take a shake fries are best fries well i mean but they don't exist anymore don't exist so anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all the second shakes has vanished overnight there's there's nothing in in this world in my opinion everyone's got their favorite drunk food yeah. There's nothing in this world better than a Frisco melt and steak and shake fries when I am fucked up. Yes. Yes. Just like you just housing handfuls of shoestring fries. Oh, no, 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 no. Mine are covered in cheese and yeah, ketchup you use a fucking and I eat fork. fork. You're a goddamn crazy person. But no. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Shut yeah. So, so good. So, so fucking good. good. Anyways, um, you what had a thing you wanted to bring. I, I had a thing that I wanted to talk about. Okay. It kind of relates to other things we've talked about a little bit, but I'm catching up on Critical Role because they're back. I'm very happy for that. Totally I think they're doing, they're back. They're doing a great job. I think they they really are doing a great job with it. Um, I think they're really setting the bar for how to have in person gaming while not being necessarily in person. You're, you're all very separated. It costs a lot more money to do what they're doing, but. I appreciate it. Uh, it does also a lot more work for Matt because he's got control pretty much all the minis all the time. He's got to do everything. So kudos to him. They all need those grabber sticks. To, yeah, to... yeah. The the T-Rex hands, I call them. Exactly. Um, but something happened. And I think it was two weeks ago, maybe more, depending on when this comes out. Tyler, what happens if somebody succeeds on a dexterity save against disintegration? They take a big chunk of damage. They take nothing. Oh, what? Why does no one know that? That's one Wait, of what? the best rules real? in history. Yes, if if you dodge a disintegration beam, you don't take any damage. I thought you took damage. There is no half. To, and Jeremy Crawford actually goes on to explain on many articles that if a spell does not directly say you take half damage from it, you don't suddenly take half damage. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. Yeah. I could have sworn you took... No, damage. F- finger of death, you still take damage. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. But disintegrate, you take nothing from. So I guess I guess that answers my next question of how long does it take you to play a game before you learn what the rules are? But apparently, even you didn't know that one. Uh, well, if your question is how long do you play a game before you know all of the rules, the answer is never. Because there's there's plenty of things that if somebody asked you, you wouldn't know them. Yes, yes, I agree. But come on, I mean, disintegrate is one of the big spells. Like you know how that works, how fireball works. How many times have we used disintegrate works. in any given campaign? Uh, Jesus the Bard used it until he got prismatic spray. 
Um, so many times. I don't remember it being used that often. Oh, yeah. That, that was the go-to spell until he got Prismatic Spray, and then it was Prismatic Spray, because, I mean, come on. Prismatic Spray is a fucking great spell. It doesn't get used that often in a campaign, is my point, right? And it's a high-level spell. This You have to be level 13? Uh, 11. I think it's a six-level spell. A six-level spell. The point is that people don't use Disintegrate that often, Oh, okay. so I'm defending myself that I don't know that one. Okay, so my point isn't against necessarily DMs or everybody knowing every rule. I guess more my point is if you are using an ability or casting a spell, know what the fuck it does so that when somebody else asks, does it do this, you have the answer. And we brought this up a lot. Yeah. I just want to reinforce it because it never happens. It, no, it doesn't happen because it's a game. So it's not a big deal if, it, if I go, oh, hold on, let me check. I don't know. Half damage on uh, Disintegrate is yeah, you know, a lot of damage. I, it, it, that, that's a big deal for getting it wrong, but it's not a big deal if I go, oh, you know what? I was wrong. You take no damage. Oh, yeah, but they didn't fix it. That, that was my point, I guess. Oh, well, see, you didn't bring that up. Well, I wouldn't have brought it up if they fixed it. It is a, it is a, it is a big deal because half damage on 10d6 plus 40. Force damage, so no one's avoiding it. Right, it's, it's 50 to 100 damage. Yeah. It's a lot. So half of that is 25 to 50 damage still. Yep. So yeah, obviously the, the consequences of erroneously applying the rules can be significant, but the consequences in real life of saying, oh, you know what? Um, I got it wrong. Retro oh, shit, with, everyone uh, makes mistakes. Go back. Not a big deal, right? It is kind of a bummer in in the moment when you're like, oh, hold on. I have to go tell it. But I have to do it all the time because I am playing... 15 different things in any mm -hmm. one session so I don't know all their abilities offhand. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not studying them in advance. I already do enough work. I'm not studying in addition to doing all the work. Mm -hmm. um, but you were talking about Critical Role. That, that was it. That was the, that's, that, that's that was all you want to talk about Critical Role? Oh, I'm glad that's back and it's actually going uh, well in my opinion. I, I think that they're, they're playing you know, uh, is still enjoyable and it's especially a welcome break in the monotony that is the world right now i have not so. i have not checked out any of the new ones yet i've not gotten there um but i you know i'm glad they're there they're doing the lord's work so to speak <laughs> but honestly um there's so many D, D things you want to talk podcasts, about some D, D things podcasts live plays mm -hmm. shows there's so there's too many we should probably hmm. just stop I actually did recently watch half of a season of another show. I don't remember what it was called, but it's the guys that do uh, Mithril Army or Armory, not Army, Armory uh, up in Canada. Uh, and they were doing uh, the Curse of Strahd playthrough. Uh, and they actually did, uh, I didn't finish it. I probably should because they were actually doing a really good job with it. Like the characters were a lot of fun. The role play was a lot of fun. Like they were doing a lot of things in a pre-made campaign that I haven't seen in the exact same pre-made campaign that I've played. So are there other live play or other things that you enjoy that you want to share with our listeners? We'll see now. Gotten see put me on the spot. I gotta remember what the fuck the name of that group was. Because they would love to know. They actually are really good and uh, the one thing that I can say while I'm looking this up, uh, as a group, they got their start making terrain and props and such things 
um, in the D&D world and then kind of got a little famous and then parlayed that into their show, uh, which they used to raise money for uh, kids with cancer up in Canada, which I think is very admirable. Kids with cancer in Canada is the group name of our D&D group. Oh, well, you know, sometimes you call shit. Um, but they actually have made, and I, I think they're enjoyable. I don't think they're necessarily practical, but I think they're enjoyable. Um, instead of rolling dice, they have made dice spinners. And I'll send you the link. You can post it up on Twitter because uh, it's on sale limited. They had a Kickstarter that got you know 6,500% funded. Um, and now, uh, now they are actually selling them. Um, and I was going to buy them, but at the same time, we're not playing right now in person. So spending a hundred bucks. Oh, spending a hundred bucks on uh, on dice uh, feels a bit silly right now. So maybe when we get back to playing in person, I will have a milkshake. Clap. Uh, have a milkshake, everybody. Yes. Yes. Uh, so as I was saying, uh, Realmsmith is the group. Uh, so I would definitely recommend looking into them, uh, especially their Curse of Strahd playthrough. Uh, Matt Mercer actually guests as Strahd in the season finale. That's so that was good. cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually, much to your chagrin, probably, I believe they're actually doing a Wild Mount campaign right now uh, on their plays. I don't have a chagrin. So, I feel like you have a little chagrin. I, I'm chagrined about only one thing, and that is magical tattoos, as we discovered last episode. You do? Well, and in all fairness, it's not like they made magical tattoos, so. Um, we uh, There's another show on the podcast that uh, they do old RPGs. And they run like um, old games. Uh, Roll to Save podcast is another podcast people might be interested in. Um, if you don't, if you don't necessarily want live play, mm-hmm. right? Like other group that you just mentioned, or Critical Role, or something like that. Um, I'm trying to find some other people. That so, so you had sent me the the direct message, or how do you, what's what's the twits? What do you call them when you get tagged in things? I I I tagged you in. A, tweet is that just tagging yeah okay hey i have gray hair i'm allowed to be old uh but anyway you sent me uh just we we talked about it briefly before and i want to talk about it again because those character sheets are pretty cool onslaught six tagged us in some revised character sheets he made um what's your what's your initial response to these character sheets i feel like they're simplistic which i enjoy simplistic is good I enjoy the uh, the spell tracker. It lo- it's very just. I do like that a lot. Very very easy to keep track of your usage. Yes. Um, you always gotta feel bad for the warlock that's only ever crossing off two of those shits. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I enjoy like it. To, um, I would like to to solve an eternal question right here, right yeah, now on the yep. show. Yep. <clears throat> Ability scores. What about them? Big number or little number in the big box? It's easy. Big number. <laughs> B- big number is big. Big number up top. That's your fucking uh, your larger number. You know, no. that's your that's your ten. That's your eight to eighteen. Modifier in the big box. Little oh, number what, in the big what box. Heathen does that. Your scores up top. Big numbers go in the big box. Little numbers go in the little no, box. No, because the the score doesn't matter. It's used for nothing. How fucking dare you? How name, name two things the score is used for carrying capacity and long jump. Fuck. <laughs> okay, strength. 
That that you just listed strength. Is there anything else? You asked, I answered, baby. You asked. The modifier is used for everything else. Okay. So why not put the more important number that you refer to more often in the big box? Because it's a smaller number. It takes up less space. It's much less. Cr- you, you're put, if you put if you're putting no, but I can make the big number big. I can make a twenty nice and big, and I can put the five, the lone five, in the smaller box. It makes no. all sense. The it looks cleaner. No. And then I hate seeing a negative up in that big box. It's just a giant negative. That just yeah. looks bad. It looks bad. It looks well, bad. Feels bad. This character sheet, you know, D and D, they offer a bunch of a couple different versions of the character sheet, and people like to make all sorts of um, their own versions, custom ones for individual classes, etc. This mm-hmm. one that Onslaught Six provided us, and I, uh, I think I retweeted it. If I didn't, I'm going to do it right now. Nope, I didn't mean to retweet with comment. Just regular retweet, please. Um, this one is a pretty simple version. I like the little illustration at the top mm-hmm. of the second sheet. Yep. But it, it does do something that I like a lot. And that is, it just gets rid of all of the currency except gold. You know, uh, and I'm very much going to do that in my next, uh, next campaign. Um, like, everything costs... It's going to be like the dollar store. Everything costs one gold. Minimum. Minimum. Whatever it is. And maybe you get more of it. Sure. Like, instead of buying just a trail ration, you automatically get 10. But an ale is one gold. Yeah. But you might get, you know, uh, instead of just one ale, it might be like a round of ales for the group is one gold. I feel like that should be the basic economic standard is a mug of ale is one gold. And that sets the price for everything else in the Mm -hmm. universe. Yeah. The the room for the night, five gold. The meal two gold you know like yeah. it just everything else is based off of what it costs what the cost of a mug of ale is how many mugs of ale would you pay for a plus one longsword that's the real question right there you know probably several like 500 mugs of ale. yeah yeah <clears throat> so this character sheet only has a slot for gold pieces which i love under the equipment section which is funny because i don't think there's a treasure section is there treasures yeah i think he just put hey, it he has treasured magic items separate oh, okay. from equipment and it's gold under equipment which i find a little strange well i mean you're not Equipment, I feel like, is what you're wearing or you're actively wearing using. Items. Well, and that, that would be under equipment, but I feel like magic items or treasures may be what you're just carrying or selling. But he has something on here that you got very angry about. Yep. And which started the initial part of this segment. Mm-hmm. He has a marker for concentration. Yep. Just, you, I, I don't, <laughs> did, did we actually talk about that on, on live or was that? I think it was, it was before we started. Any, anyway. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Now I remember why we weren't going to talk about it. I don't understand why (laughs) people can't remember that they are concentrating on a spell. I didn't mean to do that. I don't know if you need to put like a ring on your finger or uh, fucking, you know, just keep your hand on your forehead or something until you lose concentration. But if you're concentrating on something. I can tell you why people forget. Why? It's very simple. There's a lot of time between one of your turns and the next turn. I, I try as hard as I can to take succinct turns. I know you do. I know you do. But when there's four players, yep. and then there's me who plays several more creatures, mm-hmm. the time between when you take a turn and take a next turn, yeah. or even when you take a turn and when you get hurt, it can be several minutes. Five to ten minutes, agreed. So you think to yourself, oh, well, I cast Wallifier. Cool. And I, you know, we all know there's Wallifier there. But then I then three minutes later, I say, okay, you get shot by a bolt. It maybe isn't the first thing to come to mind that you I'm shoot. glad that you brought that exact example up. 
because there's certain things that are concentration, like um, oh God, what, what's what's a comprehend language? I think is concentration, sure. where you know you're not really thinking about it. You it's cast it. You, you have you have the situation where you're talking, and then combat starts, and it just it ends. You don't you don't even think about it. But it's actually, that's actually not a concentration spell. Okay, well, just th- something we, we, simple yeah, and innocuous. Right. But something like Wall of Fire, if you're playing on any kind of grid, there's a fucking Wall of Fire on the grid. It shouldn't be hard to remember that there's a fucking Wall of Fire. Who cast that Wall of Fire? I want. Oh, was it? Was it was me? Was it? Oh. You probably need to be concentrating on this. There's not actually a wall of fire there. There's just a, a red line that you drew on some fucking vinyl. Okay, then why is there a red line? Like, the, it's a clear, easy thing to remember. And yet, every live play I've ever seen, people forget concentration because all the time. you're not actually concentrating. If you force somebody to do this, they just, like, put their finger to their temple. That's actually a good idea. That's actually a good okay, idea. I cast a spell. Is it a concentration spell? Yes. Put your finger to your temple. If you remove it from your fucking temple, you lose. You the lose spell. concentration. I like that. I think <laughs> I might start doing that. That's actually a really good idea. That's a really good idea. And that way, like you only need one hand say, to roll. When I say, okay, the goblin hits you for six damage, you can be like, okay, I take six damage. I'm concentrating on the spell. Fuck. Yeah. You have to roll. Yeah, you, know, you got to roll. You can't take your hand off your hand. You got to use your other hand. To, so ideally, you put your. I, your non-dominant hands. I as a PC, because I'm not I'm currently not DMing any games. I as a PC will start doing that to remember that I'm concentrating. I don't need it to remember, but or maybe like it will anything. inspire others. Finger on your nose. Think, you I, know. I love the psychic finger to the side of the head. Finger you on guys the temple. Can't see us, but we're both on a webcam right now. We're just, yeah, just doing it at each other. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyways that's uh yeah onslaught six on his sheet he has a little box for to check for concentration. Which I think is wonderful and a great little reminder i i agree i don't think it would work (laughs) that's fair too uh because no one would it would the same reason if i don't remember that the red line on the board is a wall fire i'm not gonna remember to look at the little box that i'm that's that's fair it should probably be oh you know what no he should put that box the concentration box down by spell slots yes that way when i go to market i mark concentration yep right um you know. Oh, you know, no, he has it by HP, which actually makes a little more sense because it took damage, so I could see. Oh, Did I see, to, yeah, uh, the thing. Okay, I see where you're at here on slot six. But even demons. still, people don't remember that they have inspiration, and it's marked on your piece of paper. So, uh, I don't. This second segment today was kind of all over the place. Ooh, uh, actually, real, that. real quick question. Um, sure. that I, I've always kind of pondered in my head. I want to see your opinion. Do you allow inspiration to carry over from session to session? Absolutely. See, I have a, I, I don't, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm not opposed to the idea, but at the same time, I feel like there's plenty of situations where people say, I have that I have inspiration marked. Did I use it? No, I still have it. It's fine. As long as you get rid of it when you use it, you know. But that's why I like when we're in person, I give you the die. Yes, which I, I have think gold is a gold die that I give yes. you that you can use. Yes. Um, all right, I'm going to name this segment uh, Potpourri. Ooh, on, a little potpourri. On um, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a reference to Jeopardy. And Jeopardy, anytime there's a category called Potpourri, it's just a bunch of random shit in that category. Yes. And that's very much what this was. So uh, I'll take uh, an album cover for 200, please. I'll take S. I'll take swords for 600, <laughs> please. 
uh, I'll take what's the other? What's some other good ones? Um, okay, I, I don't remember anal all of them. Anal bum covers. Shit, Celebrity Jeopardy, Sean Connery. So good. Yep, Sean Connery. Money. Who was that? Darryl I don't remember Hammond? the guy's name. It was probably Daryl Hyman, but I don't remember. Um, I always remember. Uh, well, what's the, who's the dude who plays Corky Romano? That little Weasley dude. I don't remember his name. Oh, fuck. he's he's in Night of the Roxbury with Will Ferrell. Chris something. Chris Is it Kattan. Chris Kattan. He played Ricky Martin in a celebrity SNL episode. That was great. Fucking Toby Maguire played Neo. Is the hot tea hot 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 or cold? Or cold. Hot, I hot, do hot, that. Hot, I do that. Cold. I reference that all the time. Uh, right. I say that. Yeah. All right, people. Sorry, this segment sucks. I'm just gonna put it out there. This is horrible. I think uh, this is wonderful. This <laughs> is so stupid. Uh, people are seeing behind the screen. Not yeah, really. They can't see us concentrating. But this is what happens when we have like a half an idea for a topic and don't do a good job. Yeah, we um, didn't really follow through on that. But no, we'll do better next time. Oh yeah, you I... know why? <clears throat> you know why we're gonna do better next time? Actually, Ooh, yes. it might not be next episode, but in the near future, we are gonna start another short series on campaign settings. Yes. The locations of the world. Specifically, the kind of the official ones. Um, so we are going I'm pulling up the list. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully do a short series on uh Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, Dragonlance, Eberron, Matt Mercerland, and Homebrew Worlds. You should throw Icewind Dale in there. Is Icewind Dale is for Forgotten Realms? Is it? I thought yes. it had its own thing. Okay, fine. Nope. Fine, perfect. That'll um, make Forgotten Realms even more interesting. So we will start that. If not next week, the week after that. So look forward to that, um, dear dear listener. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of history in there. So it's going to be, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in the meantime, make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Follow us on the Twitter and feel free to send us topics you want to hear about at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye. Thank you.